Here we go. That works. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to day two of Parshas Tazria and Mitzorah. I want to just talk about today, maybe we'll get into more details of Tzoras, etc. in the coming days. Today I want to just talk about something, another general concept within Tazria Mitzorah. Throughout the Parsha we see that Vuhuva El HaKohen, you were required to go to the Kohen, and he was the one who was in charge of being able to determine whether or not a person was a Tzoras. So obviously in the early years, when it was just Aaron and his four sons, maybe another generation or two or three. So the Kohanim were experts, they were trained. Just like they were trained to do the work in the temple, they were also trained to be able to know and be experts in Saras. Look at somebody's mark on their body and be able to tell, is this Saras, isn't it Saras? All the rules and regulations presented in our Parsha. But with the passage of time, with the passage of time, these halachic renderings, like many other halachic renderings, were taken out of the coin's hands because the coin became just a common man of a Kohanic birth and wasn't necessarily, by definition, a Torah scholar. He maybe knew some of the bare minimums or, or the most important things that he needed to know when he entered into the Beis HaMikdash, but he wasn't necessarily a Torah scholar. I've told the story many times before. My maternal grandfather was a Kohen, my mother's father, who was a yid of great, great piety, but not a man of great scholarship. He came to this country during World War I. Like most of the people in the sweatshops in those days, he went straight to work to be able to make a living, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and worked his whole life. He was a member of the International Ladies' Garment Workers' Union. He was a union member until the day he died, one of the more powerful unions in New York. Anyway... But my grandfather, every minute he got, he was in shul or he was at a shear. And there was this little shtibel that he used to daven in on 18th Avenue in Borough Park. And uh, there was a rabbi there who had come after the war who was a great Torah scholar but never found his place to be able to manifest his scholarship. Instead, he went into business. Actually, he was quite successful in business. He was a wealthy man. So he used to give a shear to my grandfather and a few other elderly gentlemen who were about the same. Simple folk who loved coming to shul, who loved coming to hear a shir. What should he have been teaching them, David? Megillah, right? Makot maybe was already more advanced, right? No, but this guy felt like, because he was a Lithuanian Torah scholar, teach Megillah, Agadita, Sota, full of Agadita, below my dignity. So he taught them Zvachim, Menachot, Erechen, which was like, whoa, way over their heads. They were new, to sit by such a sheer. Amazing to me as a child, it didn't hit me until I was later, grew older. These people got on a train every morning and schlepped to Manhattan with all of the exhaustion that went along with that. My grandfather worked in a sweatshop all day long, came back home on the train, never saw any one of these people fall asleep during the sheer. They sat by the shear like katalach without really understanding what the teacher was teaching them. It was way over their head, the material. And they sat there with a passion and a fire. Anyway, I have a cousin who should live and be well. My grandfather only had three male uh, grandchildren, me, my brother, and this cousin. He should live and be well. He was a bit of a wise guy. And one day, we all lived in the same house. 
One evening, my grandfather comes home from the shear, and my cousin says to him, Zaidi, what'd you learn today? Just to Utsin, because he knew my grandfather didn't really follow the shear. But it was all about Karbanis, and my grandfather was a Kayan. So my grandfather said, you know, I don't know what I learned today. I'll tell you what I learned today. Any second now, Mashiach is coming, and I'm a Kayan, right? So I know one thing. When I enter into the base of English, I'm not coming anywhere near the Karbanis. That's what I learned. I learned keep away from the sacrifices. There'll be other Kohanim. They'll deal with the sacrifices. Not me. I'm staying as far away as I can. My grandfather was very good with his hands. So he said, the base of English is going to need a handyman to walk around fixing pipes, painting the walls, redoing the drywall or whatever. He says, that's going to be me. I'll be that Kohen that's going to be running around as the repairman. But, uh, but Karbanas keep me away from. Why did I tell you the story? This is a cute story of a man, a great year at Shemayim. But the fact is that the Kohanim, as the generations passed, were not the great Torah scholars. Says the Gemara that if there was an opportunity and that someone had Saras, but the coin didn't know, wouldn't know a Saras from a Cholent if it smacked him in the face. He had to go to the rabbi. The rabbi was the expert. The rabbi would then, when he determined Saras or not Saras, he had to bring him to the coin. And the rabbi said to the coin, tell him it's Tahar. Or tell him it's Tameh. It still needed the coin to make the pronouncements because that's what the Torah says. So the question is, what's the point of that? What's the point of that? If in the end the coin is only acting on the advice of the rabbi, so let the rabbi pronounce Tomei and Tar. Why do we have to have the coin to do it? And the rabbi teaches us a beautiful thought. The rabbi says that the coin, by definition in Hasidic teachings, coin is ish hachesed, a man of great kindness. That's what the coin is. He's a man of great kindness. You're about to engage in the paramount act of what we call today tough love. You're going to take a yid and you're going to kick him out of all three camps. You're going to tell him, you're so far gone, you are so tamay that we have to send you all the way out and you have to sit there at the door of your banishment Tame, tame, yikra. Tell anybody who comes near you, you're tame. Does it get any lower than that? Before you do that, make sure you're an isha chesed. Make sure it's coming from love and kindness. Make sure it's not punitive, vengeful, etc. Do exhaust every other opportunity to throw your arms around that Jew, notwithstanding the fact that he is presenting as tame. That he comes to you and he looks as tummy as sin. That's not the way to judge him. Before you're going to send him out of three camps, make sure you first presented yourself Kohen Isha Chesed. Make sure you showed him all the love you possibly can. And then and only then, if it's, you still are in a position where you have no other choice but to, so to speak, banish him, okay, you got to do what you got to do. But the first and foremost is take it to the end of the earth to show love for every single Jew. With Hashem's help, we'll show love for every single Jew and thereby pave the way for Molar's day. Hashem Kamayim the revelation of Moshiach. May it happen this very, very second with all Jews united as one and the Geula at the Beis Amigdash Shlishi, where I'll introduce you all to my grandfather. 
you're his nephew anyway, uh, Tzvi, so you'll, you'll get to meet your great uncle, my grandfather, and you can both talk Lashon Hara about me. L'chaim, l'chaim, have a great day.